are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a November 27th Monday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer in many places, mostly LeBronWire.com these days, but I am also your host of Locked On Blazers here, part of the Locked On podcast network. Welcome back to the show. It's a Monday night and the Portland Trail Blazers had a game. It did not end in. Uh, it did not end. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a pretty end to the game. But the Blazers win nonetheless, uh, despite an ugly fourth quarter. Damian Lillard continues to get those offensive numbers up during this road trip, leading the Blazers with 32 points and also chipping in five assists. He was 10 of 20 from the field, just one of six from three. But Lillard. Um, getting those shooties numbers back up to where you know we expect them to be, and the Blazers win 103-91 over the New York Knicks. The fourth quarter, as I mentioned, was a little bit of a struggle. Noah Vonley didn't score. Noah Vonley, excuse me, did score Portland's first points of the fourth quarter with 5:31 left. So they went over half the quarter before scoring points at all, and then. They didn't get their first field goal until there were about three minutes left in the fourth quarter on a C.J. McCollum bucket. And it was an ugly end. Uh, also, in the fourth quarter, it also included Michael Beasley and Noah, and uh, Yusuf Nurkic excuse me, getting into a little bit of a, an NBA scuffle with Nurkic smiling at Beasley after Beasley was... A little, a little much with the elbows and the forearms into Nurkic's chest. They they called uh, a tech on on Beasley after that, and the Blazers were able to withstand a little bit of a rally there from the Knicks. After Portland dominated the game for three quarters, they led by as many as 26 in this one. Uh, mostly a dominant performance, I think, for the Blazers. It should be said. Uh, the fourth quarter basically was just. The Knicks ran out of time. There wasn't enough time in the game, and Portland had played so well from the beginning of the game, really, through the first three quarters that they did their work early, and it did get a little tense. The league got down to 10 in the fourth, but the Blazers hold on to finish their five-game road trip 4-1 and one to move to 13-8 and eight on the season through 21 games. That will move them into fourth place past the Minnesota Timberwolves in the standings. And if the San Antonio Spurs lose, which it doesn't look like they will, they're playing the Dallas Mavericks, who are terrible right now in the third quarter. So Portland will move into fourth place with this win. And now they've won three straight games and and now and cap off a, a five-game East Coast road trip with four wins all without Al Farouk Aminu during this time. And it, it's been uh, a time of adversity for the Blazers, I think, that they didn't have Aminu. As I mentioned last pod, this is the same team that last year completely 
folded when they lost Al Farouk Aminu. And not only have they withstood the absence of Aminu, they've actually gotten even better during this time. And, hey, the, the Blazers right now are looking like a good team. Uh, they they look like a they look like a, a team that's gonna be in the playoffs. They look like a team that's gonna be in the mix for that four five four five range. I mean, right now with the injuries in the in the West, also it looks like some teams in the West just can't get it together. Like Oklahoma City right now. Right now, the Blazers look uh, they're they're sitting pretty right now. They're winning games. They have a good point differential. All the indicators of a good team are there, and tonight was one of those games where this is a game that a playoff team takes care of. Again, this is you know wasn't as dramatic as the game at Brooklyn or the game at Washington, which is a good thing. I think that's another sign of growth for this team is they jumped out to a lead. They didn't need some kind of crazy rally at the end to take care of business against a Knicks team that was without Enos Cantor, who's a really active guy on the glass and has hurt Portland in the past. And the Blazers go into Madison Square Garden, jump out to a big lead, pretty much take the crowd completely out of it in New York. And this, hey, this Blazers team, they, they continue to grow. They didn't have a whole lot going in the fourth quarter. Terry Stotts decides to change things up with the closing lineup, took Noah Vonley out as Portland really had some problem scoring the ball they went small with Mo Harkless at power forward down the stretch and Pat Connaughton continues to get big minutes important minutes for the Blazers Connaughton Portland's second leading scorer tonight he got off to a great start in the first quarter and Connaughton finished with 17 points on seven of nine shooting he was also three of four from long distance he also had two assists and two rebounds one of which came late in the fourth quarter that helped the Blazers end a possession on the defensive end and stem a little bit of that momentum that New York had had built in that fourth quarter that looked like they, they might mess around and make this game tense. But uh, Damian Lillard also had a big play late where he drove to the basket, put the ball up off the glass, and it ended up being ruled a goaltend. It looked initially like a blocked shot, but... Dame continuing to lead the troops out there for the Blazers in big ways during this road trip. And I know a lot of people were worried about his offense. You know, Dame's you know, defense has improved, but he has has he lost it on the offensive end. And guess what? No, he has not. He's Damian Lillard still. And the Blazers are playing defense. They're winning games on the road. And this is uh, the best place that they've been in. In a, a few seasons now, uh, I, I mean, I think this is the best start to the season that I can remember since the year that they had LaMarcus and, and Batum and they won 54 games. I think they started 25-4 and four that year. This is not as good as that, but it's it's the best start that they've had since Aldridge left and, and a big testament to this team. I think they've done a great job. I, I know that... A lot of people have harped on them, including myself, for things that they didn't do in the draft, things that they could have done in in trades or free agency or whatever. You know, the Carmelo Anthony stuff. Could he have okayed a trade? Could they have offered for Paul George? Uh, should they have gotten a wing in the draft? Probably. But 
all of that aside, they're winning games and they're playing good defense. Their statistics are good. And, and all the indicators are there that this team is going to be here to stay all season long. And this is this, this team's going to be around. And, and this is a team that I, I was a little bit worried, okay, you know, are they going to sneak into the playoffs? Are they going to be the eighth seed again and, and, and have to face Golden State in the first round? And who knows? You know, you know what's going to happen when you face Golden State. You know, you know that. You know that it's going to be a quick series. You know that you have no shot. And Houston is another team that looks incredibly tough to beat right now in the West, but and, and San Antonio as well. But if you can sneak into that four-five series, you know that's a winnable series against Minnesota or against Denver or or maybe New Orleans gets in there. And we'll talk about some of the other stuff that happened today in the Western Conference that that matters to Portland. But now Portland comes home for a four-game homestand against some pretty tough competition, although they'll get the Wizards without John Wall once again at home. But they wrap up this five-game road trip in impressive fashion. And a lot of was made at the start of the season those first few games when Portland wasn't taking care of business at home, when they lost games at home to Toronto, to Memphis, to Brooklyn, out on the road to the Kings, you know, a lot, there was a lot of hand-wringing at the time that Portland, you know, they really messed up a great stretch of their schedule, a home-heavy stretch of their schedule in November, and, and they did miss some opportunities there to be sure, but they made up for that on the back end with this road trip and they did benefit from some circumstances Mike Conley getting hurt John Wall getting hurt but you play who's on the schedule and that should not take away at all winning in the NBA on the road is really hard especially for a team as young as Portland and these guys deserve a lot of credit for going on the road, getting the job done, and and I think making up for those missteps that they had at home with a really nice road trip. So the Blazers wrap up the five-game East Coast road trip. I mean, I say East Coast. They played Memphis one time, but it was an East Coast road trip. And 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 now they're they're at thirteen and eight. They're going to be in fourth place when the standings are updated tomorrow. And their defense right now, third in the NBA coming into this game, played an. Uh, they had a really another solid performance. I mean, at the end of the game, what what let the Knicks get back into it was Portland's offense being a little stagnant, and that that's been troubling at times. But their offense has looked better since Terry Stotts went to Pat Connaughton. Uh, I, I know that I was a little bit confused by it. I thought Mo Harkless might be in the doghouse. I thought. It might be a, a little bit of a reaction to what Harkless said in the media about him being just out there. And Connaughton has 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 made the move look really smart and, and look like it's a, it's a move not because of Harkless, but because of what Connaughton can do. And, you know, I've, I've been hard on Connaughton on this podcast before, and... You know, to be fair, I've got to give him his credit, and he's played really well this season. He's been playing in crunch time for the Blazers, looking composed, looking ready to make plays, ready to shoot the ball, and 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 be uh, what this player, what this team needs on the wing, 
And that's someone that can knock down an open shot, make a couple plays here and there. You know, he wasn't just catching and shooting. He, he, he did a little bit of work off the dribble and kind of those secondary pick and rolls where the defense crashes and and, and you have a little bit more of an opening when the, when the closeout comes. And Connaughton also had some nice pick and roll plays when the Blazers couldn't get anything going in the fourth quarter. It was him that gave an assist to Noah Vonley or they won't credit it with an assist, but pass the ball to Noah Vonley on a pick and roll to get Vonley to the line, which were Pertland's first points of the fourth quarter. And, and that's Connaughton making, making a play and, and knowing how to pick his spots. And he's really done a great job of that mixing in with CJ and Dame and, and Nurk and Vonley. And that's that first unit. And, you know, I don't know if Terry Stotts is going to go away from that, and I'm not sure why he should. I, I, I think Aminu is still, his comeback is going to be around here soon, but I, I don't know where, where Stotts goes with this because he's found a little bit of a formula here with Connaughton. They're scoring a little bit more. He's shooting the ball well. Tonight's start was their best start that they've had since he was in the starting lineup. I'm not sure what Stotts is going to do with this because, you know, he played Harkless down the stretch here. Harkless had three points, only played 15 minutes and 30 seconds of this game. But it it seems like things are flowing nicely with Connaughton out there and the defense isn't suffering too much to the point that I can see Stotts moving forward with this for, for a little while to see just how long it can work. And, I, I there's no reason for me to, to say to go away from it right now. I know it's a small sample size, but Connaughton has not great size, but decent size. You know, you can play him against small forwards and get away with it a lot easier than going with the three point guard lineup, which has been excellent for Portland this season, especially the past few weeks. But Connaughton seems to have earned that spot and and it it seems that it's not just it was not just a reaction to Harkless's frustration and also a byproduct of Connaughton showing up and and getting the job done on the wing the way the Blazers need and this is you know great for Connaughton who who wants to stay in the NBA for sure loves the NBA lifestyle as I mentioned uh and he is lining himself up to have a nice little payday in free agency. And the Blazers are going to be, once again, having to deal with one of their their best shooting wings going into free agency once again. But that is part of the model that, that Neil Olshay has built with having rookie guys, having them develop, and then kind of throwing them into the fire. What, what's happening with Connaughton is very similar to what happened with Alan Crabb in his Blazers career, and we're, we're just seeing that right now. We're seeing Connaughton fill into that role to come in after not playing a whole lot, and you got to give the guy credit. So uh, credit to Pat Connaughton and credit to the Trailblazers as they win their fourth game on the five-game road trip to finish the road trip 4-1. and one. They've won three straight games as they head back to Portland on Thursday when they'll face the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Eric Bledsoe, and that new look squad over there. There's some big, big news today in the NBA, and that was the dismissal of head coach David Fisdale from the Memphis Grizzlies. A, a shocker 
to be sure, in the NBA world. Players stunned. Uh, Grizzlies fans also steam stunned. But one guy who wasn't stunned was our own Peter Edmondson, Edmondson, excuse me, of Locked On Grizzlies. He was on Locked On NBA with David Locke this week talking about the firing, and he had a feeling that it might come. And that's the type of stuff that you can get from the Locked On Podcast Network. So be sure to check out Peter Edmiston and the Locked On Grizzlies podcast to get the local take on what's going on in Memphis, uh, a Western Conference team that I thought would be in the vicinity of the Blazers but has fallen off precipitously uh, ever since a, a pretty good start to the season. So be sure to check out Locked On Grizzlies for some insight on the David Fisdale firing. And how does that affect the Blazers? Well, I think it takes a team out of the running right now. Memphis seems like they're in a really tough spot right now. Marcus Gasol is fed up. Mike Conley, his Achilles is hurt. He's out for nobody knows how long. And it sucks. I've been a big fan of what Memphis has done over the past few years. I, I, I really liked their style of play. I like a lot of the players on their team. I thought Memphis would be pretty good as long as Conley and Gasol stayed healthy, but you know Conley goes down, and then it's really hard for all those extra guys, the, those guys that can kind of fill in those supporting players, to look as good as they did at the beginning of the season when you don't have those two players there to work off each other and create and really make other guys comfortable. And I think it's fair to say that this kind of takes the Grizzlies out of the playoff it just seems it seems that there's a lot broken there a lot of people have been reporting on it a lot of people have written a lot more insightful stuff about it and you can go listen to peter's take on it on the podcast but it just seems like the the core has staled there it seems like things it seems like they might need a fresh start but at the same time they're in a market where if you try and blow it up, if you try and go re- full rebuild and you and you just give up, that's a really tough market to do that in in Memphis where you know the fans really care. There's a really passionate fan base there. Not the biggest market, kind of a little bit like Portland in that respect. And uh, I, I I think it's a, they're in a really tough spot right now because it's it's not easy for them and th- their owner seems to be a little bit temperamental. And like most owners are, because they're all, you know, billionaire rich guys or whatever. And this one in particular challenged Tony Allen to a game of one-on-one. So he, he's extremely weird. So that plays a factor in it as well. So, uh, yeah, who knows with Memphis right now, but they're, they're a mess. Uh, so that's one less team that Portland has to worry about. And I think of all the teams right now in the Western Conference that I'd be most worried about, making a run here in this season, uh, now that I'm looking at the standings, it's Oklahoma City. Their point differential is great, but they're clutch. They have been so bad in close games this season and and really still have not found a way to f- figure out how to play off the three guys that they have, off of Westbrook and Paul George and Melo. It's it's been pretty hard for them to kind of figure out what the right balance is there, and you know I'm not sure uh, what's going to happen with Oklahoma City. There's a lot of flux right now, and Oklahoma City is also a team where if it's not working at the deadline, 
you know, I've been talking to some pe- people that, you know, if it's not working at the deadline, OKC's MO is they, they, they get out. They, they, they get out of investments before it's too late, except for Kevin Durant, because they wanted to wait to the end to see if they can make it to a finals and see if they could convince KD to stay. But Serge Ibaka, James Harden, most of the Jeff Green, you know, most of their moves are they, they try and they try and sell high or at least sell to a point where they can still get some value back. And Oklahoma City is a team that if things are still not going well, you know, that that's a team they could dangle Paul George out there. They can see what's going on for for the market for him. You know, I don't know how many takers there would be for Carmelo and Anthony at this point in the last year of his deal, especially with how much money he makes at this stage of the season to bring in a guy. But Oklahoma City uh, is in a real tough spot right now, and uh, Portland, meanwhile, is is looking pretty good right now, and, and they should be getting Aminu back here in a few days. So not only are they playing well, they're going to get a little bit healthier here in uh, the next few days. So Portland in a, in a really nice spot right now. And as we look again, we're going to look ahead right now at Portland's upcoming homestand as they come home for the beginning of December, a December that they're mostly going to be on the road for, actually. So they're going to have to take advantage of these home games, which has been hard for them so far this season at times. So Milwaukee coming to town on Thursday night. That's going to be a really tough game. Giannis, Eric Bledsoe. The Bucks have had a lot of trouble, though, as of late. Lots of turmoil with the way that Jason Kidd seems to be coaching them, what he's asking them to do. And the Blazers had a really tough game against Milwaukee at the beginning of the season. Giannis had 44 in that game. But uh, Portland getting them at home has a great opportunity and a team that they're still trying to figure it out. And and, and as talented as the Bucks are, they're still a very young team. So uh, that that should be a game that Portland should win there. I, I, I think at home against the Bucks, who are kind of reeling, they might step up and, and, and play a little bit better with in that game, knowing that Portland has played better as of late. But uh, that, that should be a winnable game. Then you have New Orleans with Boogie and Anthony Davis who have played really well so far this season and probably better than better than I expected despite the fact that they don't have any wings whatsoever and Portland also kind of got bailed out the last time Anthony Davis got injured in the last matchup and couldn't finish the game so New Orleans a little bit healthier that should be a, a really fun and good and tough game on Saturday of this week then next Tuesday they've got the Wizards without John Wall once again Wall will not be back by then unless he miraculously heals which at home should be a win for Portland though that that's probably the game I would say that they absolutely should win on the schedule and then they welcome the Rockets who are a very different Rockets team with Chris Paul now, and Paul is back and healthy, and that's going to be a really great matchup for the Blazers, a really good test where you're at game at the end of that homestand before they hit the road once again. So the Blazers coming home, feeling good, playing good basketball right now. They're 13-8 and eight through 21 games, 
and they get a nice win tonight, a double-digit 12-point win in New York. So we're going to wrap it up as the Blazers wrapped up their five-game road trip with a 4-1 and record, and we're going to wrap up this podcast here. Thank you for listening to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you can get your podcasts. We are there. Tell your friends. Keep listening. Subscribe. And we'll be back with you later on in the week as the Blazers have a few days off after that long road trip. They play once again on Thursday against the Milwaukee Bucks. So we'll talk to you later on in the week. Have a great rest of your week.